What's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellows Podcast. It is great. When I say great, I mean great to be back uh, on the podcast after a couple weeks away. Uh, I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, I don't remember why I was away. I know last week I was just physically not able to record. I was quite literally in a different state uh, and literally was bound to time restrictions and job training. So I just actually could not record. I don't even remember why I was gone the week prior. But at any rate, I'm back. It is great to be back. Tyler, how how are you doing, my man? I'm doing great. Is this uh, the best Tuesday You've had in some time. Uh, what's funny is, so I was on this. I need this story time with Lucas. <laughs> it's going to be worth the story. I was gone last week, right? Uh, and I was gone because uh, for my job, they got together uh, all of the new staff within our region, uh, and they did some job training for us, which was great. And they had some of the veteran staff there, and, and one of the get to know you games we did involved. Uh, playing cards and so you you got two playing cards uh then you had to answer the questions based on uh your playing card and so there was like four different sets of questions you know ace through king right um and each one had a different question and so i learned um that well here let me say this we went around we all said our questions i had some great ones um my favorite one personally was what's something that everybody hates but you love um and if if Max at Fantasy Football Easy listens to this podcast, he's going to agree with me. Uh, I love Almond Joys, but everybody hates them. And I, like, blew the roof off the room. They're like, you're crazy. And I'm like, I'm just smart. I'm just I'm just better. Yeah, I know. You're giving me that look like Almond Joys are the worst, and this is exactly why I said that answer. Almond Joys because are the definition the of throwaway candy at Halloween. Then I'll never be disappointed. <laughs> I'll never be disappointed because there will always be an almond joy. At any rate, that's not the point of this story. The point of this story is that one of the questions uh, was, what is your least favorite day of the year? I didn't get this question, but uh, one of the veteran staff, she's been on staff for many, many years, she got this question. And you want to know what her answer was for her least favorite day of the year? Tuesdays. And I went, yeah! (laughs) <laughs> I, I got hype i'm like i love that tuesdays are your least favorite day because it is the truth uh and so then everyone's like why why is tuesdays the worst and i'm like terry just tell everybody why tuesdays are the worst <laughs> and she said exactly how i've laid it out before mondays you expect mondays to be bad wednesdays is halfway through the week thursday looking forward to friday friday's basically the weekend there is nothing on tuesday it's exactly how she laid it out. I'm like, Terry, we are, we are now best friends. Um, you've made my whole week. Uh, so shout out to Terry. Um, but yes, this, this might be one of the better Tuesdays I have had in some time. Uh, I, I can say that with confidence. That, so. that, that's great <laughs> At to any hear. Rate, well, that was a long detour to get to the, to get to the main point. But. I mean, hey, you know what? We've had many Tuesdays, many a Tuesdays where – it has been mentioned once or twice, whether it's on the recording, before the recording, that just, you know, it's it's a Tuesday. And Cameron and I instantly know, okay, okay, we'll, uh, 
we won't push many buttons. We may push a few, but not many. Just let me talk fantasy football. Don't push my Tuesday buttons. Just let me talk fantasy football, and we're good. Bingo, bingo. So I'm glad that I have now. I I now have the freedom to push some more buttons. You could say. Because we're talking fantasy football, and it's one of the better Tuesdays. So, it, it is definitely one of the better Tuesdays. Uh, we uh, Cameron is not with us today, unfortunately. He is quite literally out sick. That is not an excuse. He has uh, come down with the bug, and uh, the three of us are planning on meeting later this week. So, uh, obviously, wants to be around and healthy for that. So, uh, he is resting up for that. And one of these days, we'll get all three of us on the podcast again i feel like this is like back to the regular season where like none of us can be on the podcast together uh but we will for sure i'm gonna insert this here because this just came to mind we will be for sure on the night of the nfl draft thursday april 28th put it in your calendar we will be going live on our youtube on our tiktok uh we will be going doing a live podcast during the draft giving you our thoughts giving you our our breakdown on on fantasy value and nfl value as well we are really Really looking forward to that. So put that on your calendar. We'll have a live event on TikTok. We'll also have uh, a live podcast going on going on YouTube as well. That'll also be available on all streaming platforms uh, the day after as well. With that, all that said, now let's uh, let's start off the podcast with a little quick question. We don't have to go too deep into this one, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, we asked for your questions on TikTok. I should probably go figure out who dropped this question on TikTok. It's going to take me too long to figure it out. But uh, the question is, is Deshaun Watson still a top five fantasy quarterback? Oh, I hate, oh, this is the worst question you could ask me for going. I mean, you told me before we went, before we started recording, I got a question, but you're not going to know what it is until I ask you. And... You can't put me on the spot. And that was like the worst this. one I could have asked. <laughs> this is oh man, because I see this two ways. On one hand, um, you know what Cleveland has done the past couple of years with their offense. It has been very run heavy. On the other hand, you know how good Deshaun Watson is, and if you trade for Deshaun Watson, you are opening up your playbook a little bit more to something more than just a power run scheme. That being said, it all depends on if he is suspended by the league or not. Yeah, how many games is he missing this year? That's the question we don't know. And he could potentially miss none. I feel like a suspension is, is very, very likely, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he misses zero games, which is kind of mind-boggling to me. I mean, it's anywhere between zero games and eight games at this point, and it's anyone's right. guess as to what it actually is. Even Roger Goodell doesn't know what it is. So, um, No, he doesn't know until he's, like, it's like, all right, deadline's coming up, boss. How many do you want it to be? And he pick a number between one. No, I shouldn't say that. Right, keep going. Odds. What are the Even odds? Before I say something stupid. <laughs> odds. 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 <laughs> one in six. Um, no, so I guess, it, like I said, it really depends on how long he's suspended. If he's suspended anywhere between zero and four games, I think he makes it close. Probably not, though, just because four games at the most is still 
a little tough to come back from in fantasy football. Um, but if it's anywhere from like five to eight, I'm definitely saying no, just because he's missing time. Is he capable? Yes. But just over from week one to week 18, he's not going to finish top five. If Deshaun Watson wants any shot at finishing top five, he can miss at maximum three games, I think. And I think that's being generous. I'm going to say he's not, and and it, it's for a multitude of reasons. One, I think the style of offense, though I think they would adapt their style of offense to Deshaun Watson once he comes in. I don't think that's, like, I don't think it's out of the realm, like, I don't think it's unreasonable to say Kevin Stefanski knows he actually has a talented quarterback and arguably top five quarterback in the NFL coming into his offense now. You aren't just going to pay him that much money to hand the ball off to Nick Chubb. Right. So I think like Deshaun Watson still has a capability too. Um, but um, they, Kevin Stefanski does like to be run heavy. Two, Deshaun Watson hasn't played football in a full year. Like, I'm not expecting him to just step back in and be the gunslinger he previously was. Three, I think the Browns will be playing in a more favorable game script than the Texans were. Um, so I don't think he'll be forced to sling the ball around all the time. Um, again, the capability, the talent is still there for him to be a top five fantasy quarterback. I have my quarterback six right now. Uh, and I think there's more room for him to go down than there is for him to go up in my mind. Um, but the problem is then you get to the Jalen Hurts, the Matthew Stafford's, the Joe Burrows, the Dak Prescott's, and I'm like, do I really like? Do I really think Deshaun Watson falls below any of those guys? No, not really. Um, so I, I feel like six is like he fits like a glove there, and I don't know if I'm willing to move him either direction. Just my two cents off the top. Yeah, I mean, it's there's so many questions left to be answered that yeah. it, I don't think it will be answered as we go into week one of the season. No, it's just going it to be something be. that we get a feel for as we go on. Hundred percent, I, I hundred percent agree with that, and I think that's where we'll have to leave it because I don't think we'll know anymore until we actually get to that point. But I think we both agree he's probably outside of the top five. If we had to, if you force us to pick at this moment, I think we'd both say outside of the top five, but not by much. He'd be knocking on the door. Let's move on to uh, some news and notes from around the league. NFL passed uh, new overtime rules today. The owner's meeting, that was fresh off the press this morning. Uh, Ty, why don't you tell the people what the new overtime rules are? Yeah, pretty much the new rules are for the playoffs only. And the rule is both teams will get a chance to possess the ball uh, in overtime. Um, And the main reason for this new rule is that the owners uh, did not want games to pretty much be decided by a coin toss. And it's funny in that explanation because you hear defensive players saying like, no, it's on us to make a stop. So fair play to the offense if they score on us. So it's just, it's a difference of perspective. And uh, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. In the, and again, in the playoffs only. This will not happen in the regular season. And, you know, my initial reaction, 
there's probably going to be no playoff games this year that go in overtime. That it, it, it's a phenomenon, right? Of like these things come up when there's a slew of games that go into overtime, or there's like one big moment, right? Honestly, if it was just left at like the Bills and the Chiefs overtime game, and there wasn't any other ones. I like, and, and that was arguably the biggest one where it's like we need more. Um, like I don't. That game went to overtime, right? Like I'm not yes. remembering that game incorrectly. Okay, good. I'm like I had like <laughs> thoughts. I'm like, wait, did I just choose the one that didn't go into overtime? No, it definitely did. Um, like if that was the only one, I don't know if this rule gets changed. But because there were so many games that went into overtime this postseason, I think it's just kind of like a a, a, a recency reaction. Um, which isn't necessarily the worst. I kind of like this rule. Um, but I don't know. I think if it were just the Chiefs and Bills, I don't necessarily know if this rule would have come into effect. Yeah. And, I mean, there were other games, like, during the regular season that went in overtime. Yeah. So I wonder if this new rule is mainly kind of like a, you know, you know how the NFL yeah, a couple of years ago did the test on the, you know, reviewable pass interference call and whatnot. Yep. Yep. It seemed like that was kind of like a test for whatever, how long it was in the league. And once they got enough negative feedback, they took it out. So I wonder if that's kind of their thought in let's just keep it for the playoffs. If it's, if it's received really well, we'll put it into the full season. If it's not received, we'll just, we'll just take it right back out. Right, and should anything like that happen in the regular season, the people will then clamor for it even sooner, which, whatever, if it's your brand, then you just implement it sooner, right? It's like it's kind of the perfect situation for the NFL to implement it. So uh, I'm not surprised by it. I think it's probably right and necessary as well for the league going forward. So uh, other news and notes. Man, we uh, wasn't actually surprisingly not a ton of fantasy-relevant free agency action. Over the past couple of days, Kansas City Chiefs did sign Ronald Jones to a one-year deal worth up to $5 million. Uh, I'm very confused on this signing only because well, – let me rephrase. I'm very confused on this signing for the impact on Clyde, Edward, Clyde Edwards-Elair's value moving forward. I don't know if it helps him or hurts him. I've seen both. I've seen arguments for both because Ronald Jones is not a pass catcher. Clyde Edwards-Elair has – fairly good hands out of the backfield so Clyde still gets receiving work but Ronald Jones is so freaking good between the tackles and I'll tell you what uh, I remember talking about Clyde Edwards last year and the thing he needed to improve on was touchdowns this is not going to help him improve his touchdowns whatsoever so for me this hurts Clyde Edwards fantasy value what do you say yeah I'm going to agree with it I think what Kansas City discovered last year when they made their run in the playoffs, um, they, in the playoffs at least, it was a hot hand, right? Whoever was, whoever had the hottest hand in the backfield just kind of was, or assumed lead duties. And for a while it was uh, Derek McKinnon. So that being said, I wonder if Andy Reid now with Tyreek Hill gone, I wonder if Andy Reid starts to kind of implement a little bit of a committee in the backfield just because he's going to need to utilize whatever talent he has. 
I 100% agree. I, I think Andy Reid is too good of a coach to not change this offense based on the changes that have been made this offseason. I see this being much more of a committee going forward, which I wasn't all that in on Clyde Edwards-Elair anyways. But the signing of Rojo, I don't, I don't know, makes me want to kind of avoid them both, honestly. So, um, But he's with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think it's a decent landing spot for him. We'll see how it impacts his fantasy value going forward. Saints also re-signed Traquan Smith, whatever. Um, sorry, Traquan Smith. You're not as big of a name or as important of a piece slot offense. Um, but the Saints also signed Andy Dalton to a one-year deal worth up to $6 million. Uh, start to come week one, assuming the Saints don't uh, sign another quarterback, Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton. Just give me the name. I don't want to break this down. I, I don't want to break this situation down at all. Here's 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 the only breakdown that goes into this. If Jameis Winston is fully healthy, he's a starter. And if he's not, it's Andy Dalton. I agree. Because Dennis Allen did also say they're moving uh, Taysom Hill back to tight end. Andy Dalton's the backup at this point. Do you think the Saints still draft a quarterback? I feel like I everybody see. had them taking a Kenny Pickett, a Matt Corral. I've seen Sam Howell there as well. Yeah, well, I I think I did until I actually saw the contract details for Jameis Winston. Sure. It's it's a two year deal, but it's fourteen million on average per year. Right. That's starter money. Right, like that's, that's not. Money. I mean, high end, high end backup money is somewhere between that six, that five to eight million dollar range. Fourteen is low end starter money. So yeah. to me, now signing Andy Dalton to be the backup, moving Taysom Hill over to tight end, I think New Orleans is out of the running for quarterback in the draft. Yeah, I wish I would have known that when I did my mock draft on TikTok this morning. I did a live, live mock draft on Sorry, TikTok. Pal. I wish I'd known that. I uh, I wouldn't have had them mocking Kenny Pickett, uh, but that's okay. That's pretty much all the news we had. That's fantasy relevant, at least. Uh, so let's get on to the bulk of this episode. Let's talk about some of the biggest winners and losers from NFL free agency this offseason. I think we can both say free agency is pretty much over at this point. The bulk of free agency is pretty much over. Any important names have landed on teams that they need to be on or if they're looking for new homes. There's some exceptions. Uh, a Melvin Gordon, for instance. Um, there's a few other names out there. You know, you could really talk about a Will Fuller, Jarvis Landry, Odo Beckham Jr. if you wanted to. But for the most part, I don't think any of those guys are going to land on teams where we're like, holy crap, they are by far the biggest winner in free agency. I don't. Is there any situation for those guys that you could see them like, my goodness, they landed here, they could be the biggest winner as individuals? Or is there anybody that they can impact who'd be the biggest winner? Not really. Not really, I guess. I mean, I guess the only way that a, a signing or any way that I would react in a way to that I would be like, holy cow, what a move, is only if it would be a contender that signs one of these guys. It seems like all the contenders are pretty set at their positions, so probably not. Yeah, even even an Odell back to L.A., right? Like, at that point, everybody's a loser in that situation, right? <laughs> Odell back to right. Cleveland. I, I Like, that doesn't help Amari Cooper. All of a sudden, I think he becomes less of a winner. Um, 
right? Like all these other rumors that we hear, right? Like I, I, I don't think any of them land in a spot that makes them like, oh my goodness, they're the biggest winner by far. Even like a Julio Jones, if he went to Green Bay, he's a winner, but I don't think he's like the biggest winner uh, of the offseason. So let's go through some of our, our favorites, uh, uh, free agent signings or beneficiaries of free agent signings. Or shoot, maybe even trades, right? There was a lot of trading going on this offseason that helped uh, helped fantasy value or um, uh, downgraded fantasy value. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, Tyler, I'm going to start with you. Let's talk about our biggest winners because it's more fun to talk about winners first. Um, so out of all the moves, all the crazy moves, and one of the most wild offseasons I think I've seen in my lifetime, if not the most wild offseason I've seen in my lifetime. Who is your biggest winner from this offseason? Ooh. Um, I'm going to say Derek Carr. I like and, that. I like that. And it's a multitude of things that went in Derek Carr's favor. I guess the, I, maybe I'll start with the negative right away. The negative is that he plays in the AFC West and the AFC West just got extremely better this off season. Yes. That being said, that being said, his, the positives that happened this off season for him still keep him in contention and in, you know, relevancy in the West. All, yeah. All they hired Josh still McDaniels as a playoff team. Yeah. Right. Hired Josh McDaniels as a head coach, so it's an yes, offensive-minded head coach. You just had one in Jay Gruden. I feel like McDaniels, I he feels more suited for this team than Jay Gruden, John than Gruden. John Gruden. Sorry, no, you're good. Than John Gruden did <laughs> last year. Um, so that's a plus. Number two, uh, they bulked up the defense in a big way by going and getting Chandler Jones. Um, number three, they went and traded for Devontae Adams. Got him the best wide receiver in football. That makes any quarterback's job easier when you have a Devontae Adams on your team. Even from a fantasy perspective, it makes Derek Carr better. Mm-hmm. So, to me, there were, you know, some other minor moves that happened in the building and stuff. But now when you look at the Raiders' roster on paper... They have a very, very competitive team that I would honestly be shocked if they missed the playoffs this year. So I'll say Derek Carr is my biggest winner. Follow-up question to that. Mostly it has nothing to do with Derek Carr, but just had this question pop in my head. Over under two and a half teams going to the playoffs from the AFC West this year. Over. You think over? I'm a believer. I'm a... I'm a believer that all four teams make the playoffs. Even with the Chiefs losing Tyreek Hill? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I think I... I'm like... I, the Broncos could do it. The Chargers could do it. The Raiders could do it. I like. I do think the Chiefs could finish last in this division and miss the playoffs. Yeah, I, like, I think that's a real possibility. But anyway, sorry. I just had that thought to come to my head of like... Two and a half is definitely the mark. It's a matter of do you believe in three teams if not all four can actually do it. 
So and to me, to me, you just you don't you don't doubt Mahomes, you don't doubt the offense. The only question mark is the defense. They have to draft to figure that out too. They now have two pick two two picks in the first round. I think they can figure that out. So, Uh, my biggest winner from this offseason so far. I, it has to be to attack of Iowa. I, 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 if it's anybody like, like I'm fine with Derek Carr. Tua Tagovailoa, all of a sudden, well, first he gets a, an innovative head coach, Mike McDaniel, uh, who's not afraid to, to just make easy, efficient passes for his quarterback. Um, let's get the ball into our playmakers hands first and foremost. That's the most important thing that helps Tua. uh, second, they got him a high-quality top six wide receiver in the NFL. I don't know. I, I still think he might be top five, but top six, top seven wide receiver in the NFL in Tyreek Hill, who's an absolute burner, absolute playmaker. They went out and got him a great piece. They brought back um, Mike Gesicki. They beefed up the, uh, the offensive line by signing Armstead. Tua got all the pieces he needs. He needs to be a successful NFL quarterback now and a successful fantasy quarterback. He has time to throw. He has playmakers to throw the ball to. He has all offseason to work with him. I don't see how Tua, like Tua, does he have top 15 upside now at the quarterback position? Absolutely. Absolutely. Top 15 upside, right? And I think top 12 upside? Now we're now we're getting a little we're, we're stretching here now a little bit. We're but... stretching, right? Right. I just want to see how far we can push this bar of of like is Tua like knocking on the door of, of quarterback one. I'm I'm very against that. I'm like I like. Top I need to see something. Like right, right. I I need to see something from Tua before I'm like top fifteen. Uh, yeah, that's that's fine with me. I think we can knock on that door, but I I can name twelve quarterbacks. That are better than two attack of Iloa and probably will be better than two attack of Iloa this year. I don't think I'm ready to go that far. Cool. For sure. All right, I needed to, I needed to externally process that. Uh, <laughs> here, here's the real question though. Out of our two biggest winners, Derek Carr and Tua, who'd rather have in fantasy football next year, Tua or Derek Carr? I would say. Oh shoot. I'll be biased and I'll say Derek Carr. <laughs> Here's my thought process because I feel like this needs to be processed out. And I'm gonna I'm gonna clip it for the sake of TikTok because I feel like this is a clippable <laughs> moment. When it comes to Derek Carr or Tua and fantasy, here is my thought process. I don't want either of them as my quarterback. One. Mm-hmm. In a two QB league, this is where it becomes a conversation. But in a in a single quarterback league, I don't want either of them as my quarterback one. In that case, if you're playing in a one quarterback league, I am taking two as my quarterback two for the sake of upside, because he's going to be one of the first people I cut if things don't work out. I'm going to take two in terms of upside. He's got more rushing ability. Uh, I don't think he, I don't think he necessarily has the better pieces, but he's in the. A, an offense that's more ready to be tailored towards his skill set versus I think Josh McDaniels wants to, to run the football more than he wants to pass the football. 
that's that's been shown over the years. People are are saying like Josh McDaniels isn't run heavy. Look at look at when he had Tom Brady. He had nobody to throw to. When he had Randy Moss in, in 08 and 09, um, they were 14th in pass percentage and 26th in fat in pass percentages off the top of my head. Tom Brady had one of the greatest wide receivers in all of NFL history on his team, and Josh McDaniels still wanted to run the ball more. It, it boggles my mind. Um, so at any rate. Uh, <laughs> When it comes to, to Tua or Derek Carr in fantasy, I'm going to take Tua because I think there's more upside there. I don't want him as my quarterback one. I'm going to take him because he has more upside than Derek Carr. And then I'll take a swing at a quarterback three if Tua doesn't pan out in two quarterback leagues. Now here's here's a question I got for you then. Go for it. Who between Derek Carr and Tua has the higher floor? Because I think I agree with you that Tua has a higher ceiling. But who has a higher floor between Carr and Tua? And I think that kind of dictates which one you're going to, you know, if it came down to these two quarterbacks in your draft, you'd lean one way or another based on the quarterback one that you drafted first, right? Yeah. If you took a Mahomes, you're probably going to take um, Tua just because you know you have a surefire quarterback in Mahomes. But let's say you take a guy who's a. <clears throat> Who's a potential Dak Prescott, risk for QB one? Yeah, if you take one of those guys, I would take Derek Carr just because I can't take. I don't feel comfortable taking two upside quarterbacks. At the point of my quarterback two, I'm going to let the draft kind of come to me at that point. But I think I would agree. My mindset would be I would draft for floor rather than ceiling. If my my quarterback one was a was a Joe Burrow uh, was. I'm like I, I don't want to throw Aaron Rodgers into that conversation, but like he doesn't have Devontae Adams anymore. Like I like I, I I find it tough to put Aaron Rodgers into my top seven quarterbacks now. Um, that's just kind of the reality of it for me. So yeah, no, I I would agree. I think guys who have limited ceilings that are my quarterback one, like a Dak or a Joe Burrow. Like I don't think quarterback one in all fantasy football is in the realm of possibility maybe for Joe Burrow, but I need to see him be more mobile before I actually believe that. Um, yeah, if those two are my quarterback one, I think I, I would draft more floor. So, yes, Derek Carr definitely has a higher floor. But then it comes to the question of does like how high does Tua's floor get this year from previous years? Because his floor was like outside of the top 32 quarterbacks in fantasy football. Now I think his floor is like quarterback 25. And his ceiling is probably like a top ten to twelve quarterback. That's his like absolute ceiling, absolute ceiling. We're talking like if everything absolutely goes right, and I think if everything absolutely goes right for Derek Carr, I think he's like top ten quarterback in fantasy football, and like he doesn't go higher than nine. Uh, and his floor is probably like quarterback twenty one, twenty two, somewhere in that range. I. All that to say, I think we're splitting hairs at that point, but I would – floor is definitely going to car, but I think I would rather take a shot on Tua. I still would rather take a shot on Tua and then just work the waivers. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. Other winners from uh, free agency for fantasy football, Leonard Fournette going back to Tampa and Tom Brady. Lenny's got to be in the top 12 conversation for – fantasy football running back next year top 15 he's top 15 for sure if you drafted him top 12 i'm not gonna look at you weird if you draft him top 10 i'm not gonna look at you weird 
Um, I, Lenny Fournette has got to be a winner going back to Tampa. Michael Pittman going from Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan at quarterback. I love that for, for Michael Pittman. I love that a lot. Uh, I have to talk about all the Broncos wide receivers, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick. Finally, they get someone of essence in that quarterback room. That's not Drew Locke. That's not none of, I don't were any of them there when Brock Hosweiler was quarterback. I'm trying to think of his Cortland oh. Sutton been around since the Peyton Manning days. I don't think he has. That's not important, but oh, you get what I, I'm trying to say. It has I been a long so. struggle of quarterbacks for that team. Uh, so all the Broncos wide receivers are winners. Amari Cooper has to be a winner now getting Deshaun Watson and hit, and a wide receiver one role uh, in Cleveland, which also means CeeDee Lamb is a winner getting the wide receiver one role in Dallas. I'm just rattling through these names because we could talk about these names for hours. We're going to break them down more uh, once we get closer to the start of the NFL season when we do our divisional breakdowns. Uh, Allen Robinson going to the Rams seems to be the clear-cut wide receiver too there since Robert Woods got dealt to the Tennessee Titans. Juju Smith-Schuster going to Kansas City. He's the wide receiver one in that offense. I think people are either quick to to be all in on Juju or write him off. I don't really think there's a middle ground on Juju, which I find kind of silly uh, because we don't need to have a polarizing opinion. We can just say Juju is a top 20 to 25 wide receiver, and we can all be okay with that. Uh, and then lastly, this is one that nobody's really talking about. How about DeAndre Hopkins? No Christian Kirk. Went to the Jaguars. A.J. Green's probably not going to resign in Arizona. All of a sudden, DeAndre Hopkins gets less targets, uh, gets less competition for targets. I mean, I, does his target share go back up to 25% plus this year? I think, I think it has to. I know Zach Ertz is back, but, like, I don't know. Christian Kirk isn't there to take 100 and what do you have, 104, 114 targets last year, something like that? That opens up quite a bit of targets for something DeAndre Hopkins. outrageous. Yeah, it was something It was something where, well, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins missed games, so of course Christian Kirk, I think he actually, Christian Kirk was north of 120. He was like 124. At any rate, that's not important. Wow. But, yeah, I think, I think DeAndre Hopkins is a winner, mostly because Christian Kirk is no longer there. I don't think they bring A.J. Green back. So that's a sneaky name that I don't think anybody's really talking about. All right, let's move on to Biggest Losers. We spent a lot of time on winners, which is okay. There's a lot to discuss there. Had a lot of good questions based off that, too. Biggest Losers, not as many, but there are definitely some. And, Tyler, I think yours is, if we could have the same Biggest Loser, we would have the same Biggest Loser. Uh, Tell the people who your Biggest Loser is, well, probably the biggest loser i agree with you on this but i need to talk about someone else so tyler who is who is your biggest loser uh of the 2022 offseason it's wide receiver tyler lockett it has to be there is no other choice he the the sole reason why you had him on your roster last year if if you did was because he could put up those 50-point games out of nowhere because Russell Wilson. That's the only explanation why. You now have no Russell Wilson. <laughs> you now have Drew Locke throwing you the ball. And you I mean, your partner in crime, DK Metcalf, is the definition of a quarterback's best friend. 
big, strong, can run most routes. <laughs> Just feed him the ball. So, unfortunately, I mean, Tyler Lockett is... It's sad, honestly, because he has been one of the more underrated wide receivers in the entire league. Back from, like, the Doug Baldwin days, right? Yes. Yeah. And now... Russ is finally coming back healthy after his little finger injury last year. And he gets shipped over to Denver. Now he's stuck behind DK Metcalf with Drew Locke. And what will be another and, and what will be a run first offense. That's just how Seattle does things. Why Tyler Lockett want- is a loser. And go ahead. I was going to say, why would they want to put the ball into Drew Locke's hands? It's going to be a run-first offense. Precisely. I like. I don't even want to follow it up after that because Tyler Lockett is by far the biggest fantasy football loser in all of this. Is he a top 30 wide receiver next year? Real talk. Sadly, sadly no. I think he's like wide receiver 32 for me. And I say that with extreme pessimism. Like, I think he could be lower. Would you feel comfortable starting him in your flex? No. I don't think I would. So unless, if they me, change up, unless if they change up his route tree. So to me, he's low 30s. Yeah. And I think when I start filling out my rankings more, like I only have 35 wide receivers ranked right now. I'm working on that this offseason, but... He could fall lower for me. It's it's devastating. What it's devastating. I I am one hundred percent in agreement with you there. Um, because I Tyler already talked about Tyler Lockett. I I'm I was forced to choose somebody else. Um, uh, this this one this, this guy is definitely a big loser. I don't know if he is the biggest loser, but Antonio Gibson, definitely a loser this off season. Seemed to be a winner for a mere twenty two hours. <laughs> More, probably actually, was it more than 24 hours? Or was it about 24 hours? It was about 24 It was hours. about 24 hours. Uh, J.D. McKissick supposedly signed with the Buffalo Bills and then said, psych, it's the wrong number, came right back to uh, the Washington Commanders. So all of a sudden, Antonio Gibson had glimpses of a top 10 running back finish dancing in his head, and then J.D. McKissick said, no, actually, I'm going to come back and take all of the past game work for you, from you. Uh, so, Antonio Gibson, definitely a loser. But on top of that, on top of that, they bring in Carson Wentz, who, in case you didn't know, doesn't like to check down to the running back. <laughs> he is not a, a fantasy football run, receiving running backs friend whatsoever. Uh, Jonathan Taylor had a few big scampers last season, but that is also just the Colts having an incredible offensive line and being able to to pull to pull tackles and guards at, at whatever way they want to to get Jonathan Taylor blocky on the outside. Uh, that Antonio Gibson is not Jonathan Taylor. Let's get that straight. Are you sure Carson about Wentz, that? Are you sure uh, about right. that? <laughs> I, I was pushing that agenda last year. No, uh, I, I wasn't. I wasn't. But I was. I was much more in on Antonio Gibson than I was on Jonathan Taylor. Um, all that to say, 
look, Antonio Gibson, like, is he still top 15, a top 15 running back? I'm asking a lot of top blank questions, but also, like, these are the questions I'm asking myself now as I'm trying to rank players, and I just don't know if I can, like, Antonio Gibson's probably right at 15. Let me look at my rankings quick. I have them up. I have... I have Antonio Gibson at, as my running back 17 currently. So, no, I have him outside of the top 15. What do I have him at? Uh, let me look quick. Uh, you have Antonio Gibson as your running back 19. Yeah. Which I don't yeah. necessarily disagree with because you have Cam Akers and J.K. Dobbins ahead of him. Uh, and I and I have uh, – we won't talk about our rankings right now, but – uh, you have him outside your top 15 as well. You have him closer to 20 than you do 15. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, not high hopes for Antonio Gibson. Maybe he should be higher because he still had McKissick last year and he still finished as a top 10 running back the last how many weeks of the season? Actually, he finished as a top 10 running back overall last season, did he not? Uh, I am. I want to say he was like 11 or 12. Yeah, let me let me look let me pull that for us quick because I don't want to say that and then just be like, no, Lucas, he was actually running back eighteen and look like a total idiot. Antonio <laughs> um, Gibson finished as running back twelve last year. You're correct. Oh, like boom! Tyler, you're the man. <laughs> <laughs> Other losers from this off season. Um, look, these first two are kind of obvious. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. This is for fantasy value, not NFL value. This is for fantasy value. I think you could argue both for NFL value too. But for fantasy football, we have to get this in our heads. Tyreek Hill is a loser. He is. He goes from being a top five wide receiver to knocking on the like on the, on the doorstep, like just barely inside the door of being a top ten wide receiver. Like he rang the doorbell and they said, "Come on in." He's still got the platter of chips and queso in his hand. He's bringing to the party, right? Like he hasn't even, like he's he's on the fringe of being outside of that door uh, and not being in at the party, right? Uh, Tyree Kill is You're, probably he's not the he's, he's not to, the pity invite. He's not no, the pity no, he, invite. No, no, he got an invite to be a top ten wide receiver, but he was definitely at the bottom of that list. Uh, everyone right. else is bringing all the important items, and he's the guy who shows up with a with a fistful of Tostitos, and that's about it. It's 9.24 at night. I am at the point where I am just whipping out all these weird analogies. <laughs> no, he's closer to 10 than he is 5. That's the reality we need to come to for fantasy football. He's closer to 10 than he is to 5. He was right at 5 at the start of the season. He's much closer to 10 than he is to, than he is to 5. You agree with that, right? I'm, I'm not talking some crazy stuff right now. I do agree with that. Okay. Yeah, I agree uh, with you. Yep, good. Jalen Waddle, unfortunately, has to then be a loser as well. Look, we loved him as a top top 12 upside wide receiver, and now top 15? Is he even top 15? Closer to 15 or 20. I think I have him at... Oh, because I think I have him like right at 17, 18. Think, so he's like that's smack where I have him dab middle between 15, yep. 20. Uh, mm. I think... I don't, I don't know if his upside... The problem is, as much as Mike McDaniel wants to get his playmakers the football, like both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are playmakers, and I like Jalen Waddle was a volume play. 
and I he he just won't get the same volume. So I would like I side like I don't know if his upside gets him really far above fifteen, but I also fear he could be closer to twenty. Yeah, yeah. I mean the the <laughs> the hope is to finish above top. You know, to finish above fifteen. Realistically, I probably closer to twenty. Yeah. I, I that that's like a genuine question. I don't know if I actually liked my answer to it, but that was just off the top. Kyle Pitts, unfortunately, I think has to be a loser. He loses Matt Ryan. There's no Calvin Ridley there now. They didn't make a move on a wide receiver in free agency. They lose Russell Gage. Nobody's going to be scared of of Oladame 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 Zacchaeus Olamide. Thank you, Olamide Zacchaeus. See, that's how relevant. This Atlanta wide receiver. Court. Oh, that's a cheap shot. That's a cheap shot. I'm <laughs> just wrong. speaking the truth to the people. <laughs> just making sure they get the truth. <laughs> Garrett Wilson at number eight to Atlanta. Anyways, uh, <laughs> that's my pick. They need a wide receiver. Like that offense. Marcus Mariota is going to be the worst free agent signing if they don't get a wide receiver in there because Kyle Pitts, they're just going to shove their best corner on Kyle Pitts. I said it. I know you like Marcus Mariota, but I said it. <laughs> I want you to go watch Theo Ash's video of how uh, he says Atlanta is going to take Desmond Ritter in the second round and he's going to come in and take Marcus Mariota's job. Yeah, rem- yeah remind me of like the last like good Theo take. In the last, oh, like, stop it. Oh, stop month. it. Stop it. He's had a handful I'm of good just, ones. You stop that right saying. now. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Theo, That's we love you saying. here. We love you here. <laughs> Don't be like that. <laughs> I will defend Theo. Uh, Kyle Pitts has to be a loser, though, unfortunately. I, Unless if you can spew me a neutral Kyle Pitts argument. I think one exists, but I, I'm not going to believe it. It's not going to be convincing enough for me. So here, here's a question then for you. Yeah. Um, knowing that he's a loser from this free agency period slash off season, and it's been talked about heavily. I don't know if it was you or Cameron, but I know it's been talked around the fellas that Kyle Pitts is going to have some sort of sophomore leap. Is that sophomore leap now capped a little bit more than we were anticipating? Yeah, it's neutralized. As far as I'm concerned right now, I think it's neutralized. Uh, not only because of going from Matt Ryan to Marcus Mariota, but like if if the Falcons don't bring in a wide receiver, Kyle Pitts is literally going to be dealing with cornerback ones the entire season. And I understand there's, like, that rookie gap of, like, well, yeah, he still had a 1,000-yard receiving season, you know, what, whatever. You know, I, you can spew all those stats to me, but, like, do you really think, like, Marcus Mariota is going to be able to feed Kyle Pitts uh, to, to a 1,250-yard season? Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I was going to say, I'm like, if you actually, like, I'm like, I'm okay if you think so, but, like, I'd... Like I am not, I don't have that kind of belief in Mariota. 
you 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 asked the Marcus Mariota stan of the fellas if he could do so. Is... So of course I'm going to say yes, but. <laughs> Well, but yeah, but but you you know that's mostly mobility upside then more than it is Marcus Mariota's right, right, own talent, right? Yeah. So I guess the best way to like quantify this, um, Kyle Pitts was probably the most popular tight end one choice in dynasty formats, right? Just because of yes. the age and the upside. Is he still the tight end one in dynasty formats? Yes, he is because I Marcus Mariota is not a long term answer for Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta could realistically, I say this with love, Atlanta could go three and fourteen next year and have the first overall pick and take Bryce Young, and then things start to get fixed. Um, like that's not out of the realm of possibility. Like for Kyle Pitts's fantasy value going forth, that is like probably like the second best thing that could happen. The best thing that, that could happen is somehow Deshaun Watson backs out of a trade to the Cleveland Browns and he goes to Atlanta instead. Um, this year's a wash for Kyle Pitts. I'm like, I am still looking. Kyle Pitts is still young, right? Uh, I am still looking three, four, five years down the road for Kyle Pitts in dynasty more than I am. What's he going to do for me this year? He's still the number one tight end for me. He had a thousand yard season his rookie year. Like the best way to track future success is to look back at previous success and even in an offense without Calvin Ridley and the, and the diminishing Matt Ryan throwing in the football, like Kyle, Kyle Pitts still put up a thousand yard season his rookie year, which is typically unheard of from tight ends. So yeah, he's still the clear number one dynasty tight end for me. I don't think there needs to be much debate there. Right. So just to summarize what we're saying, what I guess what we'll come to a consensus about is in redraft formats, Kyle Pitts will still be a fairly solid option for you at tight end, Top but six, he's not yeah. going to be someone, right? He's not going to be someone to reach for. No. And you have to realize that the upside looks a little more cloudy than what it was before. Yep. He's still a fine option, still a, a viable option, but just, you know, let's, uh, let, let's lower the expectations of a, you know, tight end one boom this year from Kyle Pitts. I can no longer push the agenda of Kyle Pitts being a top three tight end this year, I'm afraid. Which is fine. Ooh, okay. Okay. I was pushing I was pushing that agenda. I was There's ready to a... push that agenda all off season. I can't do it anymore. I, I can't make a I can't even make a case for it to be to be a possibility anymore. He'll finish between four and seven. And that'll be okay. That'll be fine. Have to be what it what it is. So, um, Kyle Pitts. That's a lot of discussion on Kyle Pitts, but I think it needed to be had. Uh, Robert Woods, another loser, going from this high powered Rams offense to a an extremely extremely run heavy Tennessee Titans offense, where AJ Brown is still the first option. Uh, ask Julio how that fared for him last year, being the number two wide receiver in <laughs> Tennessee. Granted, he was hurt, but that was good for a whole thirty two receptions. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, another loser, hasn't been traded by the 49ers, likely to be cut by the 49ers. That was something we didn't put in the news piece. I kind of did that intentionally. Um, but the 49ers are going to be patient, right? He kind of got this shoulder surgery against or without telling the 49ers. And so now they're kind of like, well, you're still under contract for us, so we can kind of do whatever the heck we want with you. That was kind of dumb on your part. <laughs> so... Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, definitely a loser because he may not even end up anywhere next year. He might just be riding the bench somewhere for dirt cheap. 
Um, and lastly, the Carolina Panthers. They could have been the biggest loser. They Name me one good thing they've done this offseason. They've added some decent offensive linemen? They didn't trade Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great that's, one. Those there are about the is. only two things I can think of, right? Like, struck out on Deshaun Watson, struck out on Carson Wentz. Uh, give me another. Struck out on Russell Wilson, struck out on Aaron Rodgers, right? Like, if they're going to get a quarterback, how much of an upgrade is Jimmy Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield from Darnold the Ghost Man? Or what about Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis? Are they that much of an upgrade over Sam Darnold at the moment? That's exactly where I'm at. So Carolina Panthers have to be losers this offseason as well, unfortunately. That wraps up another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas Podcast. Tyler, is there uh, anything you got to share with the people before we take off here? Any, Any final thoughts that you have? Man, be on the lookout for a little mock draft episode as we get closer and closer to day one of the NFL draft. Yes. That's going to be a fun episode. And and I'll here's something else I'll clue the people in on. The fellas are going to have a little competition between the three of us. Oh, I didn't even mention that. We're going to go preview. through. Right. We are going to – we, we'll need to choose a date to, like, submit our our official – you know, draft to each other, but we're going to have a little competition about who can get the most first round draft picks. Correct. And I imagine that there's going to be either a winner. There's a prize for the winner or a, a prize for the loser. One of the two. Oh, I didn't even think about a, a prize for the loser. Oh, I didn't even think about right. Well, in Right, right. More punishment than a prize, but you get you you get what I meant. Positive spin on it, right? No, oh, I didn't because I had I had proposed in the chat that winner gets a three minute monologue on the next episode. I almost oh I almost like the idea of of, of loser prize instead, to put it nicely. Uh-huh. Oh, I mm, interesting. Yes, but yeah, no. During that uh, during that live podcast of the NFL draft, we will be having a, a little friendly competition of. Who can guess the most first-round picks correctly? There will be a point system that we'll, that we'll put together for it because, let's be real, uh, the odds that we get probably more than two-thirds of the first-round picks correct is honestly probably pretty low based on how crazy the NFL draft gets to be sometimes. Hey, hey. All it takes is for one per. All it takes is for like three people to go to different teams and just mix up priorities for every team. That's all it takes. All it takes is for Kenny Pickett to go number six to the Carolina Panthers. That's what I have in my mock draft. So. Oh, you make me sick. <laughs> <laughs> not because not because I agree with it, but that's just what's going to happen. But I will see what kind of a I game digress. I want to play. Yes. Uh, be on the lookout for that. We will have a mock draft episode coming up. Um, in the coming weeks as well for the NFL draft. And we'll talk, talk some fancy football with him then as well. So, uh, thanks for tuning in to another episode of fancy football fellas. Uh, you can follow us FF fellas on Twitter, the FF fellas on Instagram, fancy football fellas, Facebook, YouTube, and the good old TikTok. We are still pumping out crazy content there. We'll have some, uh, NFL draft analysis going on there as well in the coming weeks. Uh, we'll, we'll be talking dynasty fantasy football on there. 
uh, in the coming weeks as well. We got a lot of great content coming out there, so make sure to drop a follow there as well. That's all we got. Two Stooges being dues on the Fantasy Football Fellas podcast tonight. Cameron will be back with us hopefully next week. I really hope we get all three of us back on a podcast soon. I miss I miss the the three of us on an episode days. Those are the best episodes. <laughs> we do our best. Those Tyler best hold, Tyler and I hold ones. it down. Cameron and Tyler hold it down. Cameron and I hold it down sometimes, but very very rarely is Tyler the one that misses. So we applaud you, Tyler, for being arguably the most consistent fella on the podcast. So Hold your applause. Hold your applause. Hold your applause. <laughs> no, we will. We will not hold our applause. Oh, where is it? I'm ducking because Will Smith is going to come slap me for no, no reason. No, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Third Court. Going off before we make more Will Smith jokes. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Fancy Football Fellas. Oh, we're just two stooges being dudes tonight. Deuces. Deuces. Deuces.